0: welcome to today's episode of the group therapy podcast today we have actress horror host um i went to your imdb page and you hold you're the wearer of many hats uh don (laughs) don the verger uh tell us about yourself
1: uh well you had it in one when you said uh wearer of many hats damn near haberdashery in fact um let's see uh I've been an actress for uh, going on 30 years. I was a model before that. I write. I do a lot of writing of various types, uh, special effects, makeup, hosting, paranormal investigations, voiceover, all kinds of fun stuff. <laughs> so what, what part do you want? I got it all. You know, just. We'll, we'll talk it about it all. are you um... in history? You know, what do you want? <laughs> um
0: you said you've been an actress for thirty years. Um, how, how did you get yes. involved in the acting? Was it stage? Was it like school, or did you just luck into something with a, or how'd it go? Um,
1: how PC an answer do you want?
0: Yeah, I le- legitimately you can say whatever you want because I put a disclaimer. At the, oh, I'm just checking. Yeah,
1: because it's yeah. one of those what I happened was situations, as we say down south. <laughs> Um, I was working as an adult entertainer, as a feature, and I had a vampire act that I did. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. one day this guy came in, who turned out to be Steve Sessions, uh, and he said, everyone told me about you, you're perfect, I need you for a, a role in this movie. There's no lines, you just have to hiss at people and kill people and get covered in blood. I'm like, sign me up. (laughs) because <laughs> that just sounded like way too much fun. And uh, sure enough, I I had to crawl out of a dress, fight the woman, get blood everywhere, you know. I won, by the way. She was dead in the end. It's all good. So, uh, but I had a lot of fun. And then uh, he said, mind if I call you again? I'm like, yeah, sure, it's different. And it just kind of went from there.
0: Yeah. It, it, it I that's... did
1: end up taking acting in college as well after that.
0: Well, that, that's going to say a lot because uh, the fact that you had an a, a adult entertainment stage show, now the uh, now they're just basic. They don't... <laughs> I can't say that. I haven't been to
1: a... Uh, unless you get a feature. It is... House dances are pretty basic in general. Yep. They got their set routines because you have to be safe. Mm-hmm. But features are... when Once you get elevated feature, if you have model credits or adult acting credits... Then you have to come up with themes. And mm-hmm. therefore, you put on you go from a couple songs to three, four, five songs, and you have a whole costuming and wardrobe, you know, props and sound and everything else. It becomes a production.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I kind of know a little bit about that. Um, one of my best friends uh worked at a strip uh, at a, 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 a strip club, <laughs> and um through him, I was always his ride. So he worked the front door and, and the, the, the <laughs> stuff like that. So I, I was his yeah. ride for the longest time. And then I became friends with the manager. I became friends with, the, with some of the girls that were there because they all knew because I was always there picking him up. And then I became friends with the owners. And then through the owners, I, you know, started getting in more. And then I became, I was a hotel manager at one point. So they're like, oh, oh no. Well, can you, we send some of our, our featured dancers up there and you get them the, the king size room. I'm like, yeah, no problem. I was like, I'll give them my discount. So I was giving them the discount. So it's sort of like, oh, and they loved you for it. Oh yeah. I would go pick up, I would swing up or pick up a girl, drop them off, get them in their room, get the room. You know, he's like, Hey, can you make sure they're fed? Yep. I can do that got paid under the counter so it was all free money for me because i was already working so might as well just get money on top of that and um i end up meeting a bunch of because uh, the
1: clubs have to give per diem for that sort of thing
0: yep i end up meeting a bunch of uh featured dancers and um one it was funny because um man i'm trying to remember her name but she was known for having ginormous boobs like like oh
1: insane. that doesn't
0: narrow it down at all like, i want to say <laughs> Pandora peaks but i'm not a hundred percent don't quote me on that but we were sitting there talking and she's like yeah i can't wait she goes i'm gonna retire in probably 10 years you know whatever however i came remember how many years she, is. she goes i've already sent all my kids in the private school and all this stuff like that and i'm like okay she goes she gets yeah. she had her she had her stuff planned and uh, it's funny because, you know, she wasn't one of the ones that drank. She didn't smoke.
1: Some of them have business plans.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you yeah. know, I knew the ones that work local and their business plan was tonight I'm going to make money. <laughs> I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. The between
1: a house girl mm-hmm. and a feature. Yeah. There's a oh, big yeah. difference because most features also work for agencies. And it's a yes. lot like acting agencies. It's almost the exact same setup. They get you a gig. They get a cut. They make the arrangements of the contracts. And in the process, you end up learning money management, time management, and a lot of actually useful skills that are cross-contaminated. It hadn't been for planning out productions and routes and everything. That same knowledge I use to help certain friends of mine who have, have production companies and like that. There was one movie I came on as an actress. I saw the guys were completely disorganized. I'm like, okay, let's talk about this. What's your plan for food? What's your plan for timing? Where's your shot list? They're like, uh, I'm like, all right, we're going to fix this. So I ended up with a production credit because I was like, hey, hey, okay, give me some paper. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been doing that more than acting since actually. So well,
0: that is definitely something people need. I, I mean, um, I was joking around with one of my interviews I did before, um, a friend of mine who does special effects for movies And it's, like, realizing how close I I came to doing, um, like, getting movies into production. And it's all because I don't know what I'm doing that they have not gone into production. I mean, I had people involved. I had people who wanted to do it. And one day we're sitting there because I had these people, and they're like, what's your budget? I'm like, I don't know. Well, what's your, what's your, I was like, I I don't know. I have a script, Mm -hmm. and I have people who like the script. End of list. That's the start. Yeah,
1: they all start with a good script. That's how you get funding. That's how you get a plan. That's that's the core right there. A good idea, a plan of action.
0: Yeah, because it's it's one of the ones where where I, I literally just did it to keep myself busy. I mean, I, I I'm I'm a guy who has to go a thousand miles an hour every day from the time I get up to the time I go to bed. I'm go 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 go, and um, my wife hates it. Uh, she's like, slow down, take a day off, dude. <laughs> I
1: think she was I think happy. I've done that speech for my husband before.
0: <laughs> I mean, my wife was happy the other day because I hurt my shoulder and I didn't go to the gym. I took a day off so I could re- so I could my my shoulder would heal. And I was like, I think she was happy I was injured because I stayed home. It wasn't at the gym <laughs> and running around. So, <sighs> but. <laughs> But I, I am, I am, I am a guy who who has to stay 100 percent busy, and it looks like you do too by your list there on everything you do. Um, so yeah. So is, is is that the 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 uh, metamorphosis of of working there? Is you've just slowly started taking over other roles? Or did you go, hey, I want to be uh, a special effects person. Uh, I want to be a script supervisor. Uh, I want to be a writer.
1: Well, it was, well, the writing I'd already been doing, I've been writing since I was 16. And considering I'm turning 53 in a couple of months, that's been a while. Um, but no, it, it came naturally to just, I hate, I hate to say it, I have a tendency of just gap filling. Poking at things, can I do this? Can I figure this out? And uh when you're on a set, especially lower budget movies, stuff like that, you get people who have good intention, they want to do it, don't always have a great plan. Like um, this one movie that I was working on, I got hired as an actress, and the special effects person did not show up. And they're like, Okay, what are we gonna do? We need a zombie. And I'm like, Well, wait a minute. I'm a mother. I've done zombie. You want a zombie, I got zombie. Take me to the drugstore. Sure enough, there's a zombie. And they're like, okay, now there's one small problem. They're like, that's great. We need 100 more. I'm like, excuse you, what? <laughs> and uh, I ended up cranking out 100 zombies from latex made, gelatin-based latex I made out of straight out Walgreens. Uh, and sure enough, it's been on Amazon Prime and TV and like that. I'm like, oh, no.
0: Well, what's, well, what's that it movie?
1: Uh, Interfere.
0: Interfere? Okay.
1: Interfere. Uh, at Wall and Bickham Entertainment put it out. It was great. It went on broadcast TV three months after it was sh- edited. Wow. Uh, yeah, so I was kind of like, good gelatin, good food coloring. Well, so I was kind of happy about that. Uh, but I had advantage. A friend of mine, uh, Eric Dupree, owns a Underground Effects Lab. So I had him on the phone. He was very patient with me. I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> so... He's like, all right, do not burn yourself. This is the process. And he was very patient. He walked me through it. And then when I told him that Interfer 2 was coming out, he's like, all right, drive to Florida. I'm going to make you a batch before you burn yourself again. We're (laughs) going to fix this. So I highly recommend it because he makes his own products. And he actually had to walk me through a bunch of stuff. So now I can call him and just tell the producer of the movie, okay, if you buy this from this guy, I can help you but you got to go over here and he's actually better at this. So you might want to just pay him instead, but you know,
0: <laughs> well, you know, you talk about being able to make stuff out of gelatin. stuff like that is like, I I've done two movies and one movie, they legit did uh Elmer's glue, toilet paper. And then like the paints that little kids get. Like, oh, the, wounds. The what. And it looked so good. I had, because uh, I went from the set, I went from work. I worked third shift. So I got off at seven o'clock in the morning. I drove an hour to the set, was on set, did all my makeup. So by the time I w- looked into makeup, I didn't really need it because I'd already been up for like 24 hours. So I was starting to get to the room.
1: <laughs> and uh, then, method acting.
0: So they, they, they did all my makeup and then my character gets shot in the head. So then they come back in, they put the bullet hole in my head. And, um, then I filmed my other scenes and then we all did a wrap for the day. I cleaned up. We're literally out in the middle of nowhere. So I'm like getting a hose and that's all I have to wash the stuff out of my hair. And I go home. And at this point I'm up about almost 40 hours and I decide I'm hungry. (laughs) So we stop at Wendy's and the girl looks through and my wife's sitting in the passenger seat. And I look up at her and I've got like half the makeup still so i got like what looks like a bullet hole my eyes are i got like debris in my hair and the girl just (laughs) eyes get real big are you okay and i'm like i just got done on a movie set i want to go home and go to bed i'm hungry but i want to go to bed so but yeah you
1: gotta love that my husband got a bar tab out of that sort of thing one time we uh (laughs) we were filming a commercial we used to run a sci-fi, fantasy, and comic convention down here. Oh, cool. And we were filming a commercial for it. Geekonomicon, it was called. And we were trying to, we dressed him up. Actually, Eric, again, he did this wonderful zombie mask. We've still got it. And so my husband's all zombified, dancing down Highway 90 on the beach. People were kept pulling over, stuff like that. But afterwards, he's like, okay, I've earned a drink. It's like, all right. So we went into this Irish bar. He sat down. The woman turns around and she's like, ah! And he goes, I've had a really long day. She's like, okay, whatever you want. And she's backing up. So many people came up and wanted to take pictures with him. Just from that, we got more press from him walking in a bar going, I really need an Irish coffee right now than uh, anything else. And sure enough, people were just buying him drinks. He was sloshed. It was a nightmare getting the mask off him. It was hilarious.
0: Um, but. Believe me, I, I the, the 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 dealing with comic conventions is something I am well aware of. I uh, <laughs> I just had I just had to throw one together in like six weeks.
2: <laughs> oh,
0: the, uh, um, I to you. It was it was um I was planning it for November, but the 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 people that were connected with it were like we're going to go ahead and do one in the same place you're doing one in July
2: yep. not in
0: June. And I went, um, no. And they're like, well, we're, we wanna go ahead and run one. And I'm like, well, if you guys do, I'm, I'm gonna deal with this. So I took it, because I'd already done several at this point. And I went in there and um, I threw it together. I busted my ass. I went to all these, I went to other conventions, stores. I got my name out to everybody I could. Six yeah. weeks. I found out the other guy who was basically pushing to get it done hadn't done anything. So I was the one who was able. Buddy, to it up. Yeah. And I looked at the guy that ran the the because the, we were in a mall and I were using an old storefront and I looked at the guy that ran the mall and I was like, Yeah, that's not happening again. This is me. You come through me. No more of this other guy. And he's like, Okay, we got
1: to was that. Yeah, it's, I will never run one again. I love being guests at them. I love going to them. I I don't even, I, I love volunteering for security at them because that is just hilarious. But I've got so many tales just from like, you know, I'll stay out. I'll walk around for six hours, no problem. Because you never know what's going to happen. But I will never run one again. I learned my lesson. I do not have that much patience. It. it no. <laughs> I love being guests at them. I do love that.
0: I've been a I've been a comic book dealer. I've promoted my own comic book shows. Um, I've done all that stuff now, and now because of this show, I got invited to be a guest at a convention.
1: And hey, there you go. That's the
0: fun part. Yeah, and now I'm like, I don't know what to do. My <laughs> I don't have anything. I have no merch. I have my setup is here at my house, so I have because he's like, you can set up, you can you can do your interviews for your show from the. And I was like. Uh, I don't have anything that goes is like portable, so I'm like talking to a buddy who's selling his stuff off, so I can buy it off of him, so I can take it portable.
1: And I'm like, too uh. bad you you're not closer. I got a whole setup just packed up that I used to take to conventions with me. I got a green screen and everything for doing stuff. It's, it's yeah. all portable, fits in a nice little bag.
0: Well, where are you at now? <laughs> Gulfport,
1: Mississippi.
0: This is- Okay. Um,
1: Until somebody was willing to buy my house, which and then I will be very happy and run screaming from the state at the uh, most close moment. <laughs> so, if you know if anyone wants a, blo- a house two blocks off the beach, good neighborhood, please by all means, just let me know.
0: Well, let's see. I, I'm 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 going <laughs> to, but see, this is after I'm going to New Orleans. Uh, probably next, uh, March for my anniversary. So.
1: Oh, okay.
0: And we went. Yeah, that's we went less couple, than an hour from me. Oh, holy crap. That's. Then just swing by. Now, <laughs> my wife would be like, where are we going? i was like, I gotta go to Mississippi, go pick some stuff up. <laughs> she, she, she hates it. She's, she's like, can we go on one vacation that doesn't correspond with a convention? Or you have to go for some sort of business trip. And I was like, all right. So that's, we went to, we went to, yep. we went to New Orleans a couple of years back and there was nothing. I avoided going to, I, I had every intention of going to comic book shops and stuff while I was out. And I was like, nope, nope, not going to do it. So I didn't look up one comic book store. I didn't look up anything. We just had fun. We went and ate. we went to, you know, did all that fun stuff in the, in the French quarter and mm-hmm. traveled and watched everything going around. And we had a blast where we there, and we decided to plan it for our 25th anniversary slash 30th anniversary, because we have been married for 25, been together for 30. So we're just going to correspond it with that.
1: Type Congratulations. Of-
0: Thank you. It's a, it's been a trip <laughs> as we were, I was just talking to her about it upstairs. So, um,
1: I just had my 25th wedding anniversary last week.
0: Oh, wow. So. Congratulations. That's uh that is a, uh, um, my friends always ask me, and they're like, is it a cautionary tale or is it a fairy tale that you guys have been together so long? I was like, for me, it's a fairy tale. <laughs> Tina, it would be a cautionary tale, of not what to do with the, <laughs> your butthead husband. So, <laughs> um, no, <laughs> as, as we keep going on, um, with how many? Are you still doing a lot of conventions as as uh, um, setting up or um, as the guest or like you said doing security? Because I've done security at conventions. That can be fun.
1: Um, it it is so much fun, especially in the South where we got twenty four hour bars. It just adds a whole nother dimension. Oh but no, uh, oh yeah, but no, um. I haven't done anything in a few years after we decided to shut down Geekonomicon, I took a long break because I was just, I was burnt out. I ran that for years before that I'd been, I'd been on the convention circuit doing conventions as guests and cross promotions and everything. And I just, I needed a break and now my kids are older. They can enjoy more of the conventions. I can take them with me. So now I'm, I would be interested in starting up as a guest again, or just going to them in general, but. No more running. No more running them. <laughs> That's over. But uh, I particularly would like to to see some that are not in the south, you know, go further afield just yeah. because, you know.
0: Yeah, it's, um, I've been, a sh- farthest west I've been, Chicago, furthest east, Baltimore, furthest south, Atlanta, furthest mm-hmm. north. Dragon Con? Huh? Have you done Dragon, Dragon Con yet? Yeah. I've been to Dragon Con, and I've also been to, this is a long time ago, so This is like 92, when there was Atlanta Comic Con. I don't know if- Oh, I remember did. that. Yeah. That, that I think, I don't know if it got absorbed by Dragon Con or whatever happened to it, but we went there like it in- got 90, absorbed. 92 or 93. Um, and then, of course, I'd go all the way up to Michigan, and uh, the furthest I've been is like- I don't know, like Flint for a convention up there, but mostly I'm a Midwest little, if I can drive it in a day, like Pittsburgh to Cleveland, or Cl- Pittsburgh to like uh, Chicago, that's where I go now. So where are
1: you at? Where I am in, located. At?
0: I am in Piqua, Ohio. Uh, that's about
1: oh, okay.
0: 30 minutes North of Dayton. Um, if you know anything about PICWA, Um, nothing comes from here. I
1: know where it's at on the map. Uh, <laughs> friends, uh, I've got friends and relatives in Dayton, so
0: oh, cool, cool, cool. It's um, I, th- that's that's the thing. Dayton, huge, huge indie film area down there. A lot of independent films coming out of there. Um, matter of fact, I'm friends with a bunch of them down there, and and uh, I've worked with them, done interviews with them, and been in movies and all that fun stuff. And, um,
1: I'd love a chance to go up in Ohio. I haven't done anything in Ohio like that.
0: Yeah. Um, I'd love
1: to do that. I got plenty of cousins to stay with, so. <laughs> it would be cheap for diem. Skip the hotel.
0: Yeah, just crash at the hotel. Crash at your cousin's house and keep the yeah. money. Keep the money.
1: <laughs> yeah, Usually if you skip that, you just let the producer, the yeah. production person keep the money. Because, you know, yeah, as you know, it's expensive to put those shows on.
0: Oh, yeah. It, it's yeah. um Right now I'm running into, I I want a guest for my next one, but, you know, I looked at stuff from like a couple years ago and people, some people were relatively cheap and now they're not relatively cheap anymore. And it's like, ah, what happened to that? The
1: DM's gone up because of the gas and stuff too. Mm -hmm. Or, Or you get the ones that want like ridiculous
0: amount of money, especially like comic book artists. I'm like, how did you come up with that? I don't want to be a jerk or nothing, but you're not going to draw a dime. I don't,
1: <laughs> you, uh, I write comic books, does that count?
0: Huh? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I, said I
1: write comic books, does that count?
0: Yeah, it does. I mean, uh, heck yeah. W- what What do you write?
1: Uh, I've written an episode of, or issue of Bachelor's Grove. Uh, we're currently working on, oh, hold on, the script I just banged out. Can't remember what they Cthulhu is not dead uh had to double check that one and working on a horror anthology right now uh, of course it's all for the same publisher who's close to where you are he's in Chicago Silver Phoenix Comics
0: hmm. have to look them up Silver Phoenix um he's not far from you I, no no he, no he
1: owns a company he knows a lot of writers and artists and stuff you might want you know okay. I'll, I'll, meet with him he might be a good talk person to talk to
0: yeah, write that down. That's why I got an ink pen and paper right next to me.
1: <laughs> yep, Charles Massant in Silver Phoenix Comics. He is a great resource when it comes to anything comic book.
2: Cool, cool. Well,
0: what's funny is, is that um, years ago, I got hired to write a comic book. Fresh out. I wasn't even out of high school yet. Got hired. Well, no, I was just out of high school. Got hired to write a book. The company spent all their money on the first issues of all the like three books. I wrote issues two, three, and four for like three different books. Uh, they never sold light a day because it cost every bit of penny they had to put out those first three books that they never recouped from. And so I never saw a publication for the books that I wrote. So it's like yeah.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. That's a lot of work, especially going through that format.
0: Oh yeah. Now I write Instead stuff. I put it, it
1: in the panels and everything. It's like,
0: ugh. well, I have a, I have a book that's done. It is uh, with my one of my buddies Jay. He did all the artwork on it. Um, it's the first issue is completely done. I've seen the artwork. I own some of the artwork. It's hanging on the wall in my shop, and it's never been published. I've never. we've we've just never gotten on it to get people to uh uh, to publish it and um we had somebody that wanted it but it was one of the ones where they wanted to go oh we wanted part of an anthology book and i'm like i don't know if i want it to be an anthology book i want it to be its own standalone book you know four issue miniseries so i guess i could self-publish at that point but
2: i don't want to spend that kind of money
1: (laughs) yeah print Um, on demand for comic books is a bit dicey. Mm -hmm. because you got, then you got to do your own distribution, promotion, whereas going with the company, they handle all that, that part. Yeah. They get their cut, but you know, they get to get their pound of flesh, but they earn that pound of
0: flesh. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I had one book I had written. I had showed some of the test pages and, uh, I had some pretty, I had some good feels out on it. Uh, but I couldn't, the artist was spacey. So it was one of the ones where my end was done. I had wrote four issues. I had everything done. I had plotted everything. I told him how how I wanted pages set up. I saw the first issue. And then he disappeared into the ether, never to be seen again. So,
1: You know how creative, us creative types are, you know. Not all of us are schedule monkeys.
0: No. (laughs) I, I am uh, I am one of the few people that, that my friends go, I don't know how you do that. I go, I am a creature of habit. I have OCD, so I have to st- 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 I get up at 9 o'clock in the morning. I go to bed at 2 o'clock in the morning. I get up. I do the exact same routine every day, except for every other day. I go to the gym. I get my kid ready. I go to the shop. I do all that fun stuff. I come home. Mm-hmm. I do everything the same
2: way. <laughs> ah.
1: You get a little twitchy when something knocks you off your course, don't you?
0: Oh man, when the pandemic, yep. hit, I, I couldn't go to the gym. My wife's like, mm-hmm. she ran to the store and bought me workout equipment so I could work out at home because she couldn't stand to be around me. <laughs> She's like, you're going to go nuts. Yep. And then, um, that's when I brought this show back because this was a uh, public access show at one point. And, um, I brought this back during the pandemic because I needed something to keep myself busy. Cause I couldn't be at my shop. So now, now this keeps me even more busier than what it was before the whole thing started.
1: <laughs> Funny how that works out, isn't it? Yeah.
0: But it keeps, it keeps me from doing stupid stuff. So I'm uh, staying out of trouble. Doing nothing
1: bad. So. I get there in right. more trouble doing it. Huh? I don't know how you're staying out of trouble. I get more trouble. I'm way too honest for this industry. Some people do not like my answers at times. Well,
0: I, I am brutally honest with almost everybody, you know, and it's very little like sugar coating. Um, that's like people ask me, you know, how do you do this? How do you put stuff together? How do you do this? And I'm like, well, oh, I, I was a former alcoholic. I don't care who knows mm. it. I drank my almost drank myself to death, I don't know how many times. So now I keep myself busy. And it keeps me from worrying about that and is what is, you know, the idle hands and yeah, you know, and I will tell people and they're like, or or they'll ask me like, well, I have a, I have a a comic shop right now and it's doing pretty well. And they're like, Oh, what did you do? I was like, you got to put all your time and effort into this. You got to bust your ass at this. And I I was like, Oh yeah. They're like, well, I would be here playing video games and playing magic all the time. I'm like, then you would close because you wouldn't be able to do it. I sit here in price video games and magic cards all day doing boring mm-hmm. crap, so that I can live a good life outside and enjoy my. I did when I'm at work, it's not fun time. <laughs> and uh, people are like, "Oh man, I thought you would be." It's like, no, 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 no. I was like, <laughs> but uh, same.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I used to work at a comic book shop and I didn't know how much work went into it until she did, She had a uh, stroke and turned around and said, okay, you have to do all the ordering and organizing and these promotions and Pokemon had just gotten popular.
2: Oh,
1: and I remember them, oh man. my God, that was a nightmare. But, you know, luckily being OCD actually came in really handy at that point.
0: Yes, it does. Yeah,
1: but that's all I did for, like, 10 to 12 hours a day was nonstop making sure everything was ordered, all the gaming books, all the comics, making sure the issues were rotated. It was like, uh.
0: I my, uh, my best friend works one day a week. The, the only thing I have him do is he does all the comic book ordering. That's what his Thursday job is. He runs the counter and stuff, but usually Thursday is my slow day. And he does all the ordering, gets that all taken care of for me. So I don't have to do that. Something happens to him. (laughs) I mean, but now I got my, uh, my, my, my son, he's slowly working his way into the business now. And uh, I'm like, all right, you're here at least every Saturday. So every Saturday I get on him because he'll stop and start talking to customers and he'll spend too long Hey. And books ain't going to start themselves. Get them stocked. He's <laughs> like, "You're hard on your kid." I'm like, "Oh, I'm hard on my employee. I'm nice to my kid."
1: Now <laughs> uh, be careful; that can reverse on you. My son started acting a little bit with me because I had to bring him with me, mm-hmm. and then he got fascinated with cameras. Now there's more camera equipment in his room than anything else. He's got his—he's got a portable studio. He's actually worked at a broadcast cha- uh, television station as an intern, and stuff like that. And now twice we both got signed to a project and I had to take orders from my 15 year old because he was, he was, he was in charge of the camera. He was like, no, I need you to move over this way. I need you to move this. I need the sound. Okay. Adjust the mic. And I'm sitting there going, okay, just don't let it get to your head. Cause when we get home, all bets are off. (laughs) Okay. The second the car stops done, but it doesn't always work that way.
2: Well,
0: we, we we have the ongoing joke now that my son he doesn't buy and he's he's 22 now so he's he's an adult he he lives with his brother across town, um, he works for me he 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 babysits his little brother during the week and he works for me at the shop during on the weekends, and uh, you know he gets he gets paid but now he's like so far in debt because he keeps buying all this expensive stuff from me I'm like. Now you're going to start working more days because you're not going to get caught up. <laughs> um, but he goes, well, I don't have to buy anything. I was like, he goes, Everybody asked him. He's like, do you have any? He's like, I don't. I- something happens to dad. I get everything anyway. So what's the matter? <laughs> I was like, that's a weird way to look at it. Oh, but- damn. <laughs> it's- we have this. We joke about it all the time. I was like, whatever. It's yours. Eventually. I don't care. But um, so you're, you're, your 15 year old is now working behind the scenes, camera operations, all that yep. stuff. Did, was it, was He's that
1: one, the reason? Huh?
0: What, what is that? One of them naturally things like he, he, he found it like while you were on a set or was it something he was.
1: I was working on a movie called ringmaster mm-hmm. and he got a small part as a victim. Cause a bunch of kids are dancing around and get killed by a demon in it. And, um, so when he was done, he's sitting behind the camera, and uh, Gene's like, he's kept asking Gene these questions, and Gene Hamill, is a producer with Strike Fast Studios, and he's like, well, come here, I'll show you. And I had no idea that was going to become a love affair, and like, for example, he wants to enter the H.P. Lovecraft Historical Film Society's uh, short horror film festival. We don't have it for this year, but he's like, Mom, I don't write, but I want to work with the film noir style and everything else, but I want it to be authentic next thing I know, I need to go to a flea market. Like, Why? So I end up writing this Lovecraftian short story, turn it into a script for him. I'm like, here you go. He painstakingly hunted down war era, Underwood typewriter, the actual projector they used for the war department. He has it sitting in the next room. The wire spool recording thing and everything because the character is a professor that receives this documentation from the front, and he's got to figure out what the troops are dealing with in the film. So he's got the projector and everything going. So he found World War II era everything. We have a huge car show for uh, October here called Cruising the Coast. He went and talked to people who had 1940s era cars. He said, look, I want my, car- my character to look out the window and see car- people on the street and cars. Can you help me? And sure enough, he's got these guys with these actual 1940s cars going, yeah, sure, we'll park in the street for you. Wow. And the the movie's going to be maybe 12 minutes. But he just, he's like, I want it authentic. And he went and got black and white film and everything else. So he will actually be filming it on that. We're doing that next month. I'm like, oh. So he's filming <laughs> but this actual- is a day in my oh. life now because a lot of what I do... <laughs> Yeah, he's going to use actual film and the recorder that they used back then. He found all the equipment. Wow! It's war. It's U.S. Navy Department equipment.
0: Wow!
1: And he hunted it.
0: That is dedication. Um, that's amazing because a lot of parents. Yeah, that's
1: why I'm more ba- his backup than anything else.
0: That that's that's incredible. I I, I have watched so many kids dealing with the shop and stuff like that, whose parents kind of like, mm, I don't like, you know, get, you need to get a, you know, go work at a factory, you know, do stuff like that. And, and you, you see parents that are very much want their kids to excel in film or music or art or whatever that I love that. That's congrats. I, I applaud because I mean, it's, it's, I don't see that a whole lot, especially up here, because it's, it's
1: you yeah, know, we're I w- yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just want my kids to be themselves. If he wants to do film, great. If that means I have to write scripts and talk actors into doing things or make find sets and stuff like that, then that's what I'll do. My daughter loves art. So if I had to find art camp and like that, she was helping me make those zombies I told you about. She was like, Mom, I'm sorry, the wound's not looking real. Let's get the purpling in. I'm just like, oh, so she ended up right there with me, stippling in blood stains and bruising. And and since then, she's ended up taking special effects classes from Mr. Dupree in Florida. I've had to drive all the way to Florida to take her to him. And she's having a blast with, she can't watch CSI anymore. She's like, the blood splatter's wrong. That's arterial spray, mom. And I'm like, can we just watch, find out who did it? You know, just, just. Uh, but that's what happens when you raise your kids around it, uh, and they—they they were raised around comic books and writing and film, and because they were little kids when I started doing the convention circuit, and uh, ended up meeting people like Alan Bellman. You know, I've got a picture of my daughter wrapped around Stanley's leg at the convention in the wallets. So, and he was very patient with her. I have to admit, he was just like, "I have a growth." <laughs> very tall. So my,
0: my, my son, Joe, we were at Pittsburgh comic-con and I can't remember how, how old Joe was. I mean, he was, he was young and he's, he's 22 now. He, he was, he ran into the bathroom. He's like, I gotta go, I gotta go to the bathroom, dad. And he runs into the bathroom and he runs into the urinal. He's he trying to hurry up and get his pants down and stuff to pee. And he starts peeing and he pees on this guy's shoe next to him. And that guy mm-hmm. turns around and it is Tom Savini. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And he's like, I got grandkids. <laughs> and he's like, well, it's all good, man. It's, he's just a little kid. I went, yeah. oh, thank you. Because I'd heard horror stories. Then I met him and, and I don't know if any of the horror stories are true because he's always been a, super cool with me. But, yeah, I'm just like, oh, my God. What he a was person- nice when I met him. In- so... <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I met him in Atlanta at Dragon Con and he was very laid back, very calm. Yeah. So.
2: Oh man. Now, that's
1: not always the case. There's a few doozies I've met. I'm not going to name names, but
0: I uh, I, I will There's name names, but there. I cannot remember her name because she's so forgetful. Um, oh. <laughs> she was. Uh, I can tell you who she worked for. She was. Um, she was in Babylon Five, um, and she was the Convention management for most of the Buffy cast, and oh, okay, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, Um, yeah, it was bad because I'm standing there, and uh, I had press passes. This is when I did my my public access show back in the early 2000s, and uh, so I'm backstage talking to all these people. Everybody's being super friendly. The cast of Buffy's being super friendly until she walks in the room. And as soon as the rooms comes in there, just like they put their heads down and they go back to doing what they're doing because she doesn't want them talking to the, to the, to the public. I'm legitimately talking to spike and we're sitting there chit chatting. Cause he's standing on this. Cause his oh, band, yeah, Martin,
1: he's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. His band was getting ready to play that night and he's standing up on a stage. And so me and him were talking like this and, um, She comes walking in. He's just like, all right, I got to go. And he like walks off. And it was funny because my wife turns around and says, who are you talking to? I was like, I'm talking to James. And she goes, what? And she turns around and looks because she had a crush on him. And she's like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) And um, like, I I was legitimately, there was three of the cast members, not not James. So it was um, the girl that played Kennedy, the dude that played Jonathan. And I can't remember who the third person was. We're standing together to get our picture taken, legitimately like this. She walked in the room. They duck down. They're like, we can't take pictures, and they walk away. And I'm like, you know, she works for you, right? You know,
1: (laughs) that's not a good manager.
0: I was like, you can tell her to piss off. I don't know. (laughs)
1: you'd be surprised some of those managers can be bullies i fired one that was trying to tell me that like what we're doing right now Mm -hmm. he would have said unless he pays you your day rate blah 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 that's not. and while i was like and exactly how are you supposed to promote yourself he was one of the things that took me out of the running for a long time because he just being on his list of people he represented blacklisted me from a lot of conventions and stuff as a guest wow because he was that they didn't want to deal with him
2: and well, I fired
1: him and it took years for people to go, no, no, no. He doesn't represent me anymore. Oh, really? You're safe now? It's like, ouch. Wow. And he had a variety of people too. Well, um, including two Buffy cast members. Wow. Well, yeah. it,
0: it's funny because, yes, I've I've talked to people in here like, oh, well, I get paid $200 an hour, And I'm like, okay, then I'm not going to interview. I, I'm sorry. I've got a nice. list. Yeah, I have a schedule up here of people coming up and I was like, I I don't make any money off this. So me doing $200 is out of my pocket and yeah. I don't, you know, I'm doing this for fun. I'm doing this to help other people out and to get people like that have never seen you who don't know your movies, who now will go and like, hey, I'm going to go check this movie out, you know, it, that's Exactly. What I'm doing. It's yeah.
1: cross-promotion because I'm going to turn around and I'm going to say, hey, I just did an interview with this guy and I'm going to say that on my social media and where to find a link and stuff because it's cross-promotion. We're helping each other grow as a community of creators. Yeah. That's the way it's supposed to be. Yep. Well,
0: it's, it's weird with convention people. Um, I, like I said, I've been in this since 1991 when I first started going to conventions and I've legitimately seen it go from, you just went, stood in line, and you might be in that line for four hours, but if you stood in line, you got your autograph and your picture and you left. It wasn't 50 bucks for the autograph, another 50 bucks for the selfie or, you know, the the photo op or nothing like that. That didn't exist back when I first started doing this. Um, and yeah, I know, you know, people got to make money. I get that. But, you know, realistically, does, you know, I remember getting my paperwork for my convention because when I found out I had a convention, I don't know if this was happened with you. Did you start getting uh, emails from different people telling you to bring their talent in?
1: Oh, oh God. Yeah. You got, yeah. I got, I, once Geekonomicon got rolling, six months before our first show, we had so many people contact us talent agents stuff like that people just wanted to promote things and we had screening rooms that mm-hmm. so we were actually showing movies and trailers and stuff like that so we had so many film submissions that part was great i would love to do an. Uh, well i'm not going to run one again but i wouldn't mind helping with an independent film one or something mm-hmm. like that but some of the le- legal logistics Luckily, I worked part-time for an attorney, or I would not have been able to get the paperwork alone, the non-the non-disclosures, the non-disparagement agreements, the NDAs. It was just like, okay, I got this. I had piles of this paperwork They're Saying, okay, before you walk in the door, sign all of this. <laughs> so and some of it was a nightmare, some of it was great. I mean, I also made some great friends. Like I ended up getting to know most of the Original Battlestar Galactica cast because I was already friends with one of them, Richard Hatch from years back, and he's like, "All right, here's the deal. I'm going to introduce you to my friends. This is what's going to happen. Okay." And they were all great. They were like, "Okay, this is my this is my guarantee. This is my per diem request, etc." Done. And then somebody from another show came in and was demanding, like. $500 a day, period, and this and that. And I mean, unreasonable to ask. Uh, peeled grapes. I kid you not. I'm like, yeah, now that's not going to happen for a first year convention because I'm not sure. even looking at a profit till five years in. No. Uh, but I, I just held them to the same standard I hold myself as a guest. Like I usually do a guarantee I'm going to come with my bucket of stuff. It is my job to promote myself and my presence there, it is my job to have something that people want to buy. Yeah. If I make, and so I usually do, okay, my guarantee is 300 If I, you know, if I make $299, you got to pay me a dollar. Put me in a hotel room, get me there. Feed me at least once a day. You don't have to water me, I'll grow anyway. But, you know, depending on what you feed me. So it's just, you know, I, I always thought that was a good little rule of thumb is if I'm not willing to do it, I'm not willing to pay for that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Does that make any sense?
0: Yeah, definitely. It, so so when did you start doing the convention circuit? Uh
1: 2013. I was a guest at a sci fi and paranormal convention in Florida. Oh, cool. So that was kind of a an interesting situation. They called me up and I didn't even know how they got my number. So I was like, who told you I existed? What's going on? They're like, okay, look, we'll give you a hotel room. We'll pay for your gas and we'll feed you twice a day. We're going to give you a table. You got to make your own money. Well, I'd never done a convention before. I still didn't have as many, I didn't have a quarter of the credits I have now. So I'm like, all right. And I ended up, the great thing about being a guest at the convention was you end up networking with the person with the table next to you and the person with the table on the other side of you. Nope. And you end up making friends and meeting people. You know, uh, one of my favorite things that happened at that convention, and because I was still kind of, I'd been to one as, as a, uh, just going to one since I was a kid. When I was a teenager, I used to go to one. But that's walking around, hitting the dealer's room, not the same thing. No. I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm a huge Ghost of the Shell fan. Mm-hmm. I love my anime. Yep. And I'm sitting there, all of a sudden, I hear Joker from right here on my head. I mean, the Joker laugh, full volume, and it's above me. There's nothing should be above me. I came up, went over the table to applause, apparently, because I managed to do it flat-footed, in heels, because I was wearing a little Star Trek dress. And um, I turn around, and there's Richard Epcot. I'm like, Macho! And he's like, well, that was Joker, but yeah. And I'm like, I didn't know you were here. He goes, I'm behind you. I'm like, yeah, I see that. And he goes, no, my table's behind you. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> So uh, it was kind of one of those, what just happened? And then I I see a band come out on stage. I turn around and there's Air, uh, Ari Leem. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing his last name right. He oh, was the, the first, first Jason? J- yep. Yeah, the first Jason. And his band's playing. I'm like, where do I know that name from? Oh, snap. And of course, you know, being a guest at convention, everyone goes to eat and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, my God, this just happened. So... I've ended up staying in touch with these guys and it's been a huge, it's a huge networking opportunity. It's not just a way to make money. It's not just a way to promote yourself. It's also a way to grow in your role as an actor or writer or illustrator. You'd be surprised. You may, as a guest at the convention, I met Charles. Next thing I know, he's like, spend me a story. I spun him a story. He goes, that would make a great comic. Let's talk. I ended up writing comics. I'm like, ha- what just happened? I'm not sure. But he did the artwork for my convention, so we had these amazing posters. And then he turns around and he says, I want to bring my friend over from England. Can you pay for his ticket? I'm like, who is it? And he said, it's Chris Akalaios. I was like, um, I will buy that ticket. I had him for both years of Geekonomicon and he was an awesome person. I really miss him. Wow. I can say I got a Christmas card each year from Chris Akalaios after that. I mean, you can't make stuff like that. That's just – that's, you know, one of those things. Oh,
0: man. It, it, and yeah. you're right. It's – it's one of the things that I used to do is was a lot of networking. I mean, I was set up as a dealer at a lot of conventions. But, you know, sometimes you weren't that far away from the talent. Now it's – now you're way away yeah. from them. And so I ended up talking to these artists and writers and, and actors and stuff like that. And uh, legitimately, I ended up talking with the guys from the bang for years. <laughs> and I would go to conventions oh, and I would out. hang out with them and, and sit there and, and bullshit with them at their table. And then be like, all right, guys, I gotta go see it. And I'd leave. There's pictures of me out there. And one of these days I will dig through my stuff and find them that I am in full odorous costume. It stunk horribly bad, but I have the-, the, the Oh, the, I bet. Yeah, it wasn't like glued to my face. So I have the mask that comes here. I have the the crown. I have the sh- big shoulder pads, the big cod piece, the big feet, oh, God. everything. I had the big sword. And then I've like got pictures of me with the helmets on. So I got like Beefcake's helmet and stuff like that. But it's because I met them at a convention and then we would go to other conventions and I would run into them. We'd start talking again. And then i go to this one and talk to them again. And this one and this one and this one. And then finally they, they kind of got away from doing the convention circuit so much, but it went on for several years. And I would get like stuff sent in the mail, like I'm like from the slave pit and I get like a book signed by everybody. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fun. Um,
1: it's it's growing as a, it's, it's growing in the industry. It's growing as a person. It's not just about it's, it's about money, but it's also about experiences. It's, it's about personal growth, so there's a lot of things involved in all these aspects, and they're all interconnected. You know, oh, yeah. so anytime you do a movie or a convention or a show, like would you have talked to me otherwise? You have a show. Yeah. I volunteered. Yeah. Hey, guess what? Now we're talking. Um, And, uh, like, I've met people doing After hour Cinema with uh, Lee Turner for WGUD. That's the show. I I co-hosted a couple, and uh, I'm hoping to start doing my own show soon that's completely separate. But as a result, I met people that other people he interviewed when I was just scripting or people who submitted movies. Uh, There was one guy, Brad Thomas, he showed one of his movies. We ended up talking, and now I'm in the movie. He just put out Terrible T-Rex. And he's like, hey, you want to be in one? Sure. That'd be great. Instead of just reviewing it, one of his movies, I got to be in one of his movies. But he wouldn't have known I existed otherwise.
0: Yeah. Well, I've I've been invited to, like I said, conventions. Now I'm being invited to to, to be my my character on other people's shows. And I'm like, this is weird. don't, you know, just a dude putting stuff together in his basement, but <laughs> um no, you, you, you do after hour cinema and you're, it is a horror host type show. Did you have, a yeah? But
1: host? I'm, I'm just a guest host.
0: Okay. Did I'm just a guest host, host on that show. Did you have a local horror host that you like?
1: I am currently in development of a, of a separate show, but I've only worked more in the background than anything else as a horror host. Uh, I've, did a couple of episodes, mainly because the uh person who do- is the host for that show, it's his show, mm-hmm. is also in the military. So if he ends up getting sent somewhere, he can't get to the studio. because okay. the schedule, because that was on broadcast TV, it was like, well, you, you, you helped write the script. Could you just get it, you know, your mind is like, yeah, okay. But uh, I enjoyed it. I loved it. Uh His is very prim and proper. When I put mine out, it will not be so prim and proper. But... <laughs> But I have an advantage. I have a photographer in the
2: family that does sound, So, you know.
0: There you helps. go. I, I wish I could get that. My, my, uh, my wife is my, uh, she's my go-to on uh, like computer stuff. She does my uh, um, setting up certain, certain things. But when it comes to everything, camera, mic, editing, that's all 100% me. That's why it's not the cleanest thing in the world if you watch any of my shows, because I do three shows a week uh plus run my shop plus my kids plus my family (laughs) um now
1: i'm lucky to check my email (laughs) i do not make machine go (laughs) ping. i use scribble sticks notebook this is how i write right here
0: well this this, this is i I joke around i was like these are my tv notes this is what i do when i work on my shows I, i jot everything down on old school pen and paper notebooks that's where everything goes my notes for the shows. Who I need to shout out to at the end of each episode if they if they message me or whatever. I'm
1: color coordinated. I have different colors for different projects. Oh, no,
0: I'm not
1: I'm that, that I'm bad. Not, I'm not
0: that bad. But then, but I'm then stuff bad. like this. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if this. My uh, my son decided he wanted to start scribbling. My youngest. I'm sitting there like, He was sitting there playing on the computer one day, and he's sitting there just drawing pictures. I'm like you have your own notebooks, bud. And he's just like, well, yours is right here. I'm like, "Ah." (laughs) he's, he's 11. He has autism. So his impulse controls are not the best. And so when he just does stuff, he just does it. And you're like, oh, okay. I guess that's what's happening today. Uh, (laughs) but he he's fun. He he wants to be on the show, so I I edit him. He he comes in and pops up on my show sometimes, just so he can say hi to people. So, <laughs> um, when 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 you're putting together your horror hosting, did you yeah. have a local horror host before you started working on your current horror hosting? Just horror host. I gotta say horror host one more time. So nobody. Nope. Nobody,
1: wow. No, nope. we have a we have a, a shocking lackdown. And with New Orleans being right there, you'd think there'd be more, but for some reason there isn't. There's actually like a big hole. In the early 80s, there were a lot of horror shows here. You know, at the height of the Elvira thing, you had a bunch of people. I think uh, the one from New Orleans is Morbius. And uh, now there's none. And since I started helping out with After Our Cinema, I've started talking with. Other horror hosts uh, in different places like Les Rob with Angry Brothers. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because it's a whole network. Yeah. And I've gotten to know so many of them and I fully support so many. Well, as a matter of fact, one of the projects that my son and I are doing is one of those horror hosts uh, recently had, was diagnosed with cancer. And he had a wish for a movie that he had come up with the idea from all these movies he'd reviewed. He said, I want this done. So right now I'm learning how to get, apply for funding, stuff like that. I've already written the script according to what he wanted. My son's already figured out stuff. We're trying to find the right set. And one of our goals, which could interest you, is since he is a horror host, he is well-known. Other horror hosts as the actors in it.
0: Oh. A horror host
1: movie for a horror host with horror hosts. Because nobody's done that yet <laughs> so yeah, w- that's what we're working on i'm trying to figure out the funding now and wow. the location because it's yeah. a pretty straightforward location i gotta find so well
2: what's funny but he wants it and you know,
0: hey he deserves it you know
1: yeah he's earned it he's, yeah. he's he's helped a lot of horror hosts get started because he told him because people said how did you get this out there I wouldn't have known about Peg Media if he hadn't told me. I wouldn't have known about a lot of low broadcast stations or college stations. And it was him going, oh, by the way, th- did you do this yet? Have you tried this yet? So he's been very supportive of the whole horror host community. As far as I'm concerned, he's earned a little. <laughs> Yeah.
0: See, Ohio is crazy with horror hosts. That's, <laughs> that's kind of why I started doing the interview show. And then next thing you know, I'm talking to people from out west. Out in uh, Vegas, California, over east into the um, Pennsylvania, now down to Virginia,
1: Florida. And I'm like, wow. So send a few our way. We don't have enough. Well, we what? have New Orleans for crying out loud. You think? You've that? been there. You know what I speak of. Yes. Have you been there at Halloween yet?
0: No. Uh, we were there in November or November, March. So, oh, we're, yeah, uh, you got
1: to hit Halloween in New Orleans as an adventure. Yeah, So it's just, it's screaming for it.
0: See, see, my my wife wants to go back so bad. Uh, If people think that I'm being mean, my wife is legitimately a witch. So (laughs) I was like, no, she is a tarot card reading, rune casting witch. So (laughs) I'm not being mean. My wife's just a witch. I don't know how to.
1: I'll put it this way. Hold on. You see that bookshelf? Yep. I kind of yep. I'm kinda in that category myself.
0: Mm. <laughs> I, I just bought I just got my wife um they came through the shop um the David Bowie tarot cards. They're called the Star Man and they're the art of like David Bowie art and they're they're beautiful. And I'm sitting there because my wife's a huge David Bowie fan and I buy her tarot cards.
1: I need and, to get those for my husband. You got to tell me where you got those.
0: I I got lucky. <laughs> Guy brought them in the shop. I Ugh. Um I will send you cuz I'll go upstairs when this is done. I'll send you an email or a message and I'll tell you where the 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 people that make it so maybe you can find it that way. I okay, know that'd be great. I I know they're on eBay and and they're they're anywhere from like $15 to like $30. So but they're nice. I mean they're they're 30 30 40 bucks. Is what I think the price is on the back on the back of them.
1: So yeah, my husband's a huge David yeah. Bowie fan, and he reads tarot too. I was all happy the other day because I found an alchemy gothic deck. I was like, <gasps> alchemy gothic. So,
0: I, I I own personally four tarot decks. I own uh, two DC, one Marvel, wow. and is- uh, I don't know what the other one is. I know I got one. I got four. She's probably got. 25 so
1: i know that feeling
0: yeah. and and uh and i'm 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 the uh uh skeptic of everything so my wife is the one who believes we, we did paranormal investigating back in the day and i was the one i don't believe in ghosts but for some reason i was the one that got like the the most fo- weirdest footage <laughs> stuff like that and um yeah um so Thinking paranormal.
1: Something else I do is paranormal. Yeah.
0: How did you get started in the paranormal?
1: Uh, that actually goes back to childhood, because of my upbringing. Uh, I immigrated when I was seven, and I think I brought some of the old world back with me in a way. Uh, so it's just it comes natural. I had a great grandmother who was Romney. It just you know you hear the tales, and it always felt right. And I always saw things. I always heard things. And I knew people didn't believe me. And then I found out about paranormal investigation. I'm like, well, wait a minute. I can get proof, you say. Scientific, you say. <laughs> so, and, you know, having a little brother that's obsessed with it helped. Because I was like, hey, we need this equipment. He's like, I got it. Paycheck by paycheck. Briefcases come up. and um. Ended up working on a movie, and the guy who was doing it—that's Gene Hamill again—also has a Mississippi Paranormal Investigation Group. And he went, "You want to come with me on some investigation?" Well, we ended up going with him a few times. We formed our own group. He was part of it, and uh, now we're actually about to finally get the two pieces of equipment. We're meant two, two pieces, and we're going to start filming a another show of our own as well on that. But we did uh, Ghost Legends with him not too long ago. One of the episodes was in New Orleans about Marie Laveau. Oh, sweet. So that was an adventure.
2: Yeah. Bonnie
1: and Clyde Museum, that's not far from here, where they were ambushed. Uh, we went and investigated that site, things like that.
0: So, I know this, but did you did they actually let you get the film near Marie Laveau's tomb? Because I know we went, they were like, no. Yes. Oh, wow. There's
1: a trick to it. You have to apply to the Archdiocese of New Orleans. Oh. You actually have to talk to the church. You have to go through the channels, and they have to know for sure that you are not going to, you know, desecrate. You're not going to provoke. You're not going to break their rules of conduct in the cemetery because there were people, a lot of people were vandalizing.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, it's, it's just messed it's up down there.
1: Yeah, so they, they had to crack down because at the end of the day, yes, yeah, she's buried there. However, there's other people there, too, that deserve to be left respectfully in their positions. So, you know, it's it's good to go by the rules. As long as you go by the rules, you show them proof, you get the license, that's another big one, then yes. But if you don't jump through the hoops, so plan ahead. That's the big thing on stuff like that.
0: Okay. I got to ask you the big question here on this one. Which one did you investigate? Because supposedly the one that is hers is not hers. It's the one in the back that's sinking into the ground. That's almost completely destroyed. So there's three. There's three. I know that there was, they were talking about it cause they, they go this one cause there's no markers on it, but it's got the X's all over it. It's got all the, 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 you know, the, the the hoodoo spell stuff on it in the side. And it's it's about six inches in the ground. They're like, this is the one that everybody says is probably hers. This is the one that everybody assumes is hers. And that's the one that's got all the trinkets everybody keeps putting the um you put you know you put a coin, you bring you take a coin back to get luck, stuff like that. Um
1: yeah, it's that's more of a that's more of a altar than anything else. Mm-hmm. Even though there's also a separate altar just outside of the cemetery for people specifically to do that with, mm-hmm. but that's not just to her. That's to her daughter and her granddaughter. And a lot of people don't realize that when you're talking about Marie Laveau, there's three generations of yep. Marie Laveau. Yep. And uh, like one of those graves, the daughter is actually over by the uh, lake. It's not anywhere near that cemetery. Oh, cool. It's over by City Park. If you go to City Park, you can walk to it. Oh,
0: shoot. We were at City Park. Yeah. So it's not far yeah, from you there. You probably
1: walked right by it and didn't even know. Wow.
0: Okay. Yeah. We were because all. Because they over don't City
1: advertise Park. it. So.
0: Yeah. My, my and there's about- also
1: the chicken man, the bead woman, stuff like that. There's a lot of other famous voodoo personalities in New Orleans, some of which are buried in that immediate area. And everyone's so focused on that one person mm-hmm. that they forget that she opened the doorway for a whole lineage.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, is. Uh, um- since it was funny, cause I, I'd read, I, I'm the one who reads a lot. And I study a lot of the stuff, you know, I'm the skeptic of the group here. Um, I always knew that Marie Laveau, cause you know, they always like, well, Marie Laveau died in this, but she would have been like 123. So that was her. Cause, cause her daughter, her daughter
1: looked a lot like her
0: and picked up exactly where, kind of where she left off. And then her granddaughter came in and looked a yep. lot like her too. So it was one of them, you know, keeping her... When
1: the granddaughter stepped in, she looked a little less. She had lighter skin, stuff like that. And she started open practicing in City Park. Mm -hmm. So that was actually a hub of activity when they made them move out of the square. Because they had an area where they could practice publicly when slavery was still in existence. When they abolished slavery, the city forced them to stop practicing at the market. That's when they went out to the lake. So... I, I hate to say it, but it's not just a testimony to the occult. She's also a testimony to a huge change in the times and politics in ways mm-hmm. of thought because she helped expedite rights for people that, yep. you know, nobody even thinks about her in that way.
2: Yeah.
0: I'm a, one of the funniest things you talk about city park was uh, the guy, the security guy walking through city park and all the people playing right next to the water. And he goes, I'm not saying there's alligators in there, but this is New Orleans and he just walks off. (laughs) There are alligators
1: in there.
2: Yeah.
0: I was like, yeah, yeah. you can see the big turtles and of course all the fish and the the, the birds and stuff like that. I was like, yeah, I mean, there's gotta be, I mean, someone. (laughs) but
1: yeah, yeah. they're there. Yep. They're absolutely there. My son uh, gets a kick out. He loves alligators ever since he was a kid Mm -hmm. and he figured out they love marshmallows.
0: Yeah. That's weird.
1: So if you if you want to find out if there's a gator, throw a marshmallow out. When you see the bubbles, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I live like, like I said, I may be two blocks off the beach one direction. If you go a mile the other direction, you got Back Bay. Oh, and it is. It's got gators, nice big fat ones. So we're used to them here. (laughs) They're all over the place. Oh, I
0: I I bet they gotta be because I mean. They don't have predators outside of humans, so. <laughs>
1: well, they got one. I got to see a big old fight one time. Bull sharks will swim in, into some oh, of the areas Think that are about connected. That. Yeah, they can go into fresh water, yep. and those guys will fight. And if you uh, get some of the, the some of the bigger constrictor snakes, can take out a gator as well, a young gator. Yeah,
0: yeah. The, the but that's not the constrictors aren't natural. That's the uh, uh, invasive species at this point. Yeah. So um
1: yeah. They are a natural predator to crocodiles, ironically.
0: Yeah, but yeah, I, I still like that. That guy goes, "Hey, I'm not saying there's alligators in there, but this is New Orleans," and everybody's kind of backed yeah. away from the water. So it's it's not far from from City Park. I have to I have to remember that for next time. But, uh um, getting back to your movies and stuff, um where can people view your movies, or where can we buy your movies?
1: Uh, believe it or not, a lot of them are available on Amazon. Uh, you can buy them directly from some of the uh, people who've made them. Uh, things like Cremains, Malefic, like that. At one point, they were on Fearflix. I had a bunch of my movies were showing on Fearflix, which is a Roku channel mm-hmm. uh, how, for horror movies. However, some of those have been pulled now because, you know, contracts being written now, stuff like mm-hmm. that. But it's... you. I, there's a couple that are on Tubi TV right now. I think Rattlers 2 is still on there. I did with Dustin Ferguson out in California, not too long ago. Uh, it they're I hate to say it this way, but they're all over the place. It's, they pop up in the weirdest places. Uh, I was at, you know, if you're down here, you have to go to Walmart for groceries pretty much. And I'm sitting there walking around Walmart. And I turn around, I look over, I'm like, oh, snap. And my son's like, is there anywhere I can avoid you? Like, no. Because there was two of them right there sitting in the $5 bin. I was like, really? Really? $5? Come on. That's how you know you made it. <laughs> yeah. No. The, fir- the What got me giddy was the first time I went to a Blockbuster. Yes, I'm that old. went to a Blockbuster, and I look at the wall, and there's cremains looking at me because I'm on the cover. So I'm looking at myself on the wall, and it was just that moment of, holy snap, it's there. It's like There. On VHS, and uh, I actually talked him into selling it to me. I have the VHS copy now. And uh, there was another time at Best Buy. I turned around, and sure enough, there was. Um, I think it was aberrations. I ran into there. And I was like, "I'll be damned, it's there." You know, so yeah. it just but, depends on who signs with what distributor. Most of the time nowadays is streaming.
0: Yeah. I, I, I've i talked to people who put movies together, whether they're writers, uh, directors, or actors. What they would do is, like, if they went in Hollywood video or family video or whatever, or Blockbuster, and they saw their movies, they would sign them and then put them back on the shelf.
1: <laughs> that probably would have been smarter than going, can I buy this? <laughs> um, I,
0: I Like I, I've said, I've been, I've been in two movies, and I'm walking through... Uh, and for the first time I was able like, my, my wife just stopped. I'm just staring at this wall at, in, in uh family video. And she's like, what's the matter? And I was like, I, I'm in that movie and that's weird. <laughs> yeah. I'm a background person. Takes I'm not, I'm in like, Houston. Yeah. And it, it's something that you're just like, people go, what? I was like, yeah, I went to the I went to the counter and I like fast forward as a, there's me right there. I'm in the I'm not an that. I'm not like one of the main people, but that's me. So,
1: but yeah, it used to be great being able to go on IMDb and go, "Oh, there I am. There it is. There it is." There's a list I can prove I have done this. It's on IMDb. But now unless you have a pro account, I mean, like if you look at my IMDb, a bunch of the stuff that was there is just not there anymore because I don't pay for a pro account. I need to fix that. Well, but you know,
0: I, uh, I went back and was, I had edited my page and I put my podcast and my shows on there and some other stuff I had done. And, uh, I was like, okay, you know, update. And it was like, it was there. And then I went back like a day later and it was all gone and so I was, uh, I uh, got special thanks in some movies and I got a couple of executive or producer credits on a couple other movies. Mm-hmm. So I sent the people, I'm like, there, just link it to this. And now I have two IMDB <laughs> pages. <laughs> I'm like, what? I have my actors credits and I have my producer credits. evidently.
1: <laughs> 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 Yeah, and sometimes you got to wonder, because they, they'll limit how many credits you can take. Like the, there was one movie, I was special effects, set design, uh, sound. I worked at, I was an actress in it. I was a background, a couple other background characters, just kind of changed my look, put on a wig, that sort of thing. Uh, I was a set location, et cetera. On IMDb, you see two of those. Because they're like, they, we can't put you in all of these places uh as a just to see what would happen one movie that my son was working on and he was just an intern it was an unpaid thing he was just helping out and they're like uh can you be in it so okay so and now he's two different characters in the movie and now they're like okay let's see how many things we can do he has credits when you look at it like chair mover door host because he had to hide behind the door to make it look like it was closing slowly <laughs> So, you know, he's assistant grip on this and sound on that, and doorstop, chair <laughs> stationary, zombie one, zombie five. Here, I mean, I'm just like, hey. how many? I think they got up to 40 something credits and it's all him, but half of it was just coffee boy, just trying to see what they could come up with.
0: I, I don't get right, guys. IMDB because sometimes they, they, they're, they're on the ball. They got their stuff together on there. And then other times you're like, yeah, I, I, I talked to an, uh, a person like, I'm not in that movie. Oh, well, you're listening on IMDB and they're like, I'm not in anything to do with that movie. I don't know why I'm on there. I'm like, okay.
1: <laughs> sometimes it's similar names. Like one time I they were like, oh, you're in Book of the Dead and Cadaver Bay. And I'm like, that's the same movie. And what it was, was Book of the Dead was already taken in England. So when it got British distribution, they had to put a different name on it. I, it's the exact same movie.
0: I, I've noticed just, that too, because people have done short films and then their short films ends up in an anthology. So it's they yeah. get two credits for the exact same movie. And I'm yeah. like, yeah because I I brought that up to somebody else a while back and they're like, that's the same movie. What? what?" I'm like, no, it's like, you're listed as this. And they're like, no, that's the short in that movie. That's, I don't know why I got two
1: credits there. And sometimes things pop up in the weirdest places. Like I I had a friend of mine calls me up and I'm like, where are you at? And he said, I'm in Turkey. And so are you. I was like, excuse you, what? What do you mean I'm in Turkey? And he said, look, I went and I found this bootleg horror DVD in the, in the sook here, you know, the bazaar. Mm-hmm. And he shows me with his camera. He's like, look, you're in five places in this sook. And, you know, Istanbul, Constantinople, whatever you want to call it. Song, be, song will always be there. Um, but he's like, yeah, hey, look, it's right here. And then a couple of months later, he's in Iraq. And he says, hey, guess what I found? I'm like, seriously? <laughs> it's got a completely different name. They're yeah. renaming you. I'm like, really? What's my name now?
0: <laughs> well it will it's all that whole like when you go overseas the 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 uh uh copyright laws kind of disappear so they just like Uh, depending on
1: where you're at yeah
0: yeah they're like ah, we're gonna make this movie we're just gonna reprint it and change the actors names and and uh yeah like not me and the
1: way the crediting system works is different like uh i was in a movie in hungary and they turned around they're like well we don't have the SAG Guild. So you don't, the, the credit was different. And uh, I pop up in a movie in Cambodia and it's totally different situation. And I don't even talk about those here because they're no, they don't count here. There they count. They don't count here. They count in England. Apparently they count in Turkey if you really want to save money on DVD. and dessert. But you know, it's you don't know what's going on. And uh, stunt credit or acting credit, you got to pick A or B. Like the one in Cambodia, I was doing a lot of stunt work. Well, it's A or B. And I was like, well, I did more stunt work than acting since I didn't have any lines because I didn't speak the language. So um, I'm going to go with stunt. <laughs> right. I, I fell off a very tall building. Hey, stunt. <laughs> so, <laughs> But it's not on my IMDb. So... Because it was there, it wasn't here. Yeah. So
0: you you have traveled the world to, to be in movies. What's the what's the, okay, what's the best place you traveled to and the worst place you've traveled to?
1: Okay, specifically entertainment related or yeah. just in general? Because yeah. I was a Navy brat, so I was all over the place as a kid. Entertainment so, <laughs> okay, movie. Okay, entertainment. Hungry.
0: Hungry is the best and the worst. Uh,
1: that was the best
0: best okay what's what's the
1: worst That would have to be that's that's almost a match that's almost a tie mexico and it never even got finished production because too much happened nope nope not mexico argentina no no bad idea that was that no No, no, don't do that. No, no, not so much. Not so much fun now.
0: Yeah. There's there's good
1: food. Not so much otherwise.
0: Oh my god. It's 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 kind of cool finding out where a lot of these movies are put together. That you know, especially movies that are supposed to be made in the United States. They're they're like, oh, this is Montana. Where is it filmed? It's filmed in Paraguay what why (laughs) because it's cheaper to film there I'm like how can it be cheaper you got to send everybody there film and then send
1: everybody back it actually is a lot cheaper like a lot of a lot of stuff gets filmed in Hungary and people don't realize it a hell of a lot yeah and the funny part is that's where film started so you know the first movie studio was in Hungary it was in Budapest so That actually makes sense in a way, but what it is is because the cost is so much lower, they've got high production values, so these studios can farm out certain things, especially like special effects, set design, things like that. It's just, it's easier, it's more cost effective. Um, There was a dress that was made for a movie I was in, and the American company in Hollywood, That was a company that was. It was like off the beaten path. It wasn't one of the big names or anything, but said that's going to cost a thousand dollars when they were sent the design. Mm -hmm. He got he sent it off to a dressmaker in Hungary and got it for forty (laughs) five dollars, and it was double stitched. I mean, I've still got it. I can't fit in it anymore, but I've still got it. And uh, the funny part is, it's off a design that was from the original Hammer Horror sets and stuff. So he got he got permission to get that design done and they were like, oh yeah, it translated to $45. So. And it was a good quality. So that's the thing is, you know, who's going to, how much people, it's not so much the product sometimes, it's the value people put on the product.
0: Okay. Because it, you're you're the first person I've been able to talk to that has gone overseas to film. Most people that I've talked to are stays relatively close, or if they do, it's like one movie. Um, with okay, you, you just said you did stunt work. Um Jeez, yeah. you, you're doing everything
1: I, uh. because I poke at things. I can't help it. <laughs> I poke at things. I mean, I mean that that stuff started because simple fact that. If you look at my resume, if I sent you my resume, you'd laugh because they're like, okay, can you stay on a horse? When, you, when you're applying for these acting roles, sometimes they ask you some odd questions. Like, do you have any fringe skills, weird mm-hmm. skills? Because there's a lot of different stuff out there. It's like, yeah, I took fencing in college. Uh, I was a member of the SCA. So I did historical reenactment. I know heavy weapons, light weapons. I could stay on a horse. I did horse riding, et cetera. You'd think I'd get fantasy work, but nobody's hired me for fantasy yet. I'm like, come on, guys. I'm already trained. (laughs) But, you know, um, when they see martial arts, former military experience, like, oh, wait a minute. So you know how to hold a gun and you know how to throw a punch. Well, yeah. Can you do that where you don't fully connect? Yeah, that's just sparring. Yeah. You know, and are are you able to take a fall? When they ask you questions like that, now it's like, Somebody, You might get that role over somebody who can't do that because now they're paying a, one person one time instead of having to pay two different people. So in this industry, it is good to diversify. The more, I, The more hats you have, the more ways that you can change your hat, the more work you can get because if they can bring somebody in that can do multiple things, you just, it's job security, honestly. Wow. And I can't do this. <laughs> no. I just, I suck at it. So yeah, you know, can I memorize a script? Sure. Am I sitting there memorizing a script waiting for my line? Sure. But if I see they need help with a lavalier, I'm gonna be like, hey, you know, I'm just sitting here. You want me to get that? You want me to help you with your line? No problem. I'm I'm already here. I'm already paid. I've what can I do? You know, I've been called a credit whore for that, but I'm like, you know, I don't always get credit for everything. So actually, I'm just trying to be helpful because any producer has got a billion eggs in a basket and he's trying to juggle it without breaking it and if he is focused on getting just that right shot it helps if somebody already took care of that now he doesn't have to worry about that over here he's still focused on the shot now he's putting out a better quality product my name's now attached to a better quality product that means i might get more work because that's going to get better distribution except you know so it helps to be helpful
0: wow that's like I said. I was reading your thing, and you're, you're telling me that that's not even like what. Not, probably not even half of what you've done is what your IMD, geez Um, not a third. Okay, okay.
1: <laughs> I need to really fix that, but I suck at technology. I, I can't more... make. Me... How many times did I text you before doing this interview? Going where do I go?
0: Yeah, yeah, like four or five somewhere. <laughs> yeah,
1: because I couldn't get the damn thing to work.
0: It's. It, you, you have to be updated on certain things, but even me, I am was like, I my wife, I'm like, Dana, how do you help? <laughs> she comes down and that's why it's so hard about that. I'm like, I don't know. It's, it's It goes in one ear and out the other for me when it comes to that stuff. But now I'm getting used to my editing software. I'm getting used to Zoom. I'm getting this. I'm getting that. And I'm like, man, I can, man, six months ago, I couldn't do it that fast. <laughs>
1: Um, it, it would not stick with me as it is. My son comes out of his room. He goes, "All right, look on DaVinci Resolve. I figured out. I'm like, what the hell's is DaVinci Resolve? What's well, better than New Vegas? What's New Vegas? <laughs> it's got a sound bar, Mom. Okay, <laughs> that's nice, dear. Does it make machine go ping? And if, if I say machine go ping, my whole household's like, okay, we're done. We're done. You just <laughs> they just walk off from me.
0: Oh man, it. It, this is going to be the this going to be the bad part cuz usually at this point i ask what uh advice you have for people breaking into the to the business um but what business are we going to talk about <laughs> um let's uh, let's go let's go with acting let's just, we can come back to the other we can do we can do it part 2 of this show and we can talk
1: about breaking into stunt work or breaking <laughs> uh Patience. Patience and passion. If you really want to do it, be patient and communicate. Apply yourself. That is my best advice is don't be afraid to try experimenting with things. Like, you know, I broke in with horror. I love doing comedy. I love doing period. So it's, but I also still love horror. I would love to diversify my portfolio, but that's the other thing is just be don't be afraid to try new things. Don't be afraid to apply. If you're feeling self-conscious, think about what makes you self-conscious about it and just work on it. Nothing's unfixable. And the other thing is have a tough hide. Some people in this industry are really nice and they'll be like, hey, let's, you know, you're great with this, but let's work on that. They'll they'll be nice about it. Other people are like, what the hell's wrong with you? Can't let them get to you. And you have to have, basically just have a thick skin, take everything with a grain of salt, pay attention to details, be patient, have passion, and communication is the huge one. And one of the things dealing with creative types, not every creator can communicate. (laughs) Boy, howdy, is that an issue. So be patient. We're back to patience. (laughs) And be willing to communicate. Don't be afraid to speak. Like somebody asked you to, uh, like one thing I was telling a actress that just got started. She said, I, I've done a couple of roles, but I just applied for this one thing and they want me to do this love scene and I'm not comfortable with that. I said, then don't take the role. Never be forced to do something that you're uncomfortable with because you think you have to. If you're comfortable with it, you can rationalize it. Or you can request, hey, you know, I'm willing to do this, but can we take some precautions? And that'll make you feel more comfortable, like perhaps, you know, a clear bodysuit or whatever. The, but the director's not going to know, the producer's not going to know unless you say, hey, this is the thing. Like, there, not too long ago, there was one line in a script that I was handed. Great script. But this one line, I was like, yeah, that's a bit racist, and I, I don't think my character would do that. And... They're like, well, you know, we wanted to. I was like, okay, then I'm sorry, I can't do the script. They said, how about we just don't do that line? Great, we compromise. He had no idea that that would make me feel uncomfortable, because right at the time there was a lot of people of Asian descent, of American descent, that were getting attacked
2: mm-hmm.
1: at like the beauty parlors and stuff like that, yeah. and on subways. I said, well, that's kind of racist to Asian-Americans. I'm not comfortable with it. And he wouldn't have had a, re- he's like, well, I didn't even think about that. He wouldn't have thought about it until I said, hey, you know, this is not a good climate for that. Plus, I'm one eighth Vietnamese. Mm-hmm. So I, I I see that line and I'm thinking of my great grandmother and I'm twitching a little inside. So let's not do that. Yeah. But as a result, he compromised and it worked out great because he was, he was more than happy to work with me. He just didn't know. Yeah. So that's the best thing to do, or, or, or communicating. Like, half the people that hire me for one thing don't know that I can do all the things until I go, hey, you know, you want, me to, you want me to fix that? You want me to help? Don't worry. You don't have to pay me extra. Just you want me to do this. And then it's like, oh, okay, communication. Or we really need a, One time I, I was in, uh, hired on, I was cast for a movie. They said, we really need an actor to fill this role. And we haven't got it yet. And we can't start production until we get that person. I'm like, oh, oh, wait a minute. Time to break out the phone. What you looking for? Okay, try this guy. Because somebody that fit that bill that I'd worked on in another movie, we had communicated, exchanged cards. So, but that whole exchanging cards, there's another bit of advice. Don't be afraid to go to networking parties, stuff like that. Have that little business card. That business card is gold. You know, like politicians say, shake hands and kiss babies. <laughs>
0: yeah, it, it's you're you're right. Um, and it's funny because I, I just talked to a director producer friend of mine, and he was talking about a pretty famous B movie producer. And he goes, he he's he doesn't mince words, but he's not he doesn't know how he's not trying to be mean It's just sometimes his notes come out mean. And so you've got to be able to be like, uh, he doesn't mean anything by it. You got to understand he just wants this to work right. And if you take it wrong, he's not trying to be a jerk. He doesn't, he likes you. He likes your role. He evidently likes you because you're hired, but you just got to make sure that you don't read too heavy into the notes he writes. Um, Uh,
1: Did he have the dreaded red pen?
0: Yes, and uh, yeah, because uh, yeah, uh, um, yeah it's, it's it's funny because um, I, I'm not going to say the name, but but I grew up watching some of his movies. I was talking to somebody about it, and I was like, literally, I have a friend who works for him, <laughs> and they're like, how does that work? I was like, I don't know. He got a job. He works for him. I don't know what happened between point A and point B, but um uh, <laughs> It, it, it's funny cause you tell people I, I have another friend and she's um, you know, she's really open. She, she's very, you know, does, you know, what's asked of her, but she's also like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. No. Yep. Right off the bat. She's like, no, nope.
1: you gotta know your own limits.
0: Yeah. And uh, you know, this, do they need nudity? Yeah. Will she do nudity all the time? no because
1: so, <laughs> there's different kinds of nudity
0: Oh yeah so well it, I, I don't know if you've ran into this uh, I wrote a movie I don't know 10 years ago I wrote the script and I wasn't in the best of places and it's really just a brutal movie it's a brutal uh, revenge film and um i had somebody's like i really like the script can you rewrite it i wasn't in that position anymore i had gotten away from being in that that headspace i couldn't rewrite it again because i don't want yeah. to it again i'm not going to be it's not something i want to do and um it's bad cuz i gave up a job i gave up the script because somebody wanted to make it and i'm like yeah i can't do it it's not where i'm at anymore <laughs> um Have have you ever ran into that with a role or anything, or other than just writing, like something you were really happy with, and then when you when it came down to it, you're like, "Mm
1: -mm." I am rewriting a short script right, a script for a short right now because I did it and it was it was great. I had gone through it. My husband had checked it, you know, because he's he was the English major, so we let him check it, and uh it. I was happy with it, and then I looked at the parameters for the submissions, and I'm like, oh, "I got to refit." And I am, I am pushing myself. I'm like, "I got to add elements," but I was happy, and I don't want to. go. Oh. so okay, okay. wild. Guess what? I'll be doing this week.
0: <laughs> You're writing. All
1: um, oh, parts of it. Yeah, I got to add things. So
0: yeah. Um, well, I don't want to keep you much longer here. I can hear my kid running around upstairs. Um, oh, I hear mine in the hallway. <laughs> uh, before I go, uh, how how, what, what, uh, how many kids do you have, and what are their ages?
1: I have two children, fifteen and eleven. Wow,
0: I have uh, four kids: 30, 25, 22, and eleven.
1: <laughs> oh, you're too young for thirty.
0: on oh, now. I well, I'm my too young my, for oldest, that. my oldest is, is adopted. Um, but I, I just turned 48, so it's not that beyond the realm of possibilities, but. I knew you were younger than me. I knew you were a youngin'. (laughs) Youngin'. That's, that's, uh, thank you. I'm, I'm always usually one of the oldest ones. Uh, I go to concerts now and I just stand at people and I'm like, God, I'm like, they're dead.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they just stand there now. Oh man. I went to an Aussie concert and they were sitting in chairs. Like, what? what is going on here? Well, what, what was this? Now somebody stopped the concert. He sat on the stage and went, all right, what's going on here? And it's like, oh. <laughs> Well,
0: it depends on the venue. We have one venue where, like, the, the front is standing room. Every place back, you have to be seated. You can kind of stand at your seat. but You can't really do anything. I've seen Rob Zombie at this place. And it was like I'm standing. Was a good show on. Oh man, I've ten times since '92, and I, I, want I to see
1: one from the audience one day.
0: I, I've um, I've met him twice, and uh, I've seen him in like Cleveland, and then like two days later, I saw him in Dayton. Uh, saw him with the Ramones farewell tour and the White Zombie farewell oh. tour that we did not know was the White Zombie farewell tour.
1: Oh, I'm jealous on that one.
0: It, it was so fun because I, 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 they announced it and they did Cleveland and I don't really like going to Cleveland, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna go. It's 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 White Zombie and the Ramones. It's our farewell tour, so I got up there and then like a couple of days before all this was going to happen, Dayton opened up and they're like, oh, we're having White Zombie and the Ramones, and I'm like, well, it looks like I'm going to both, so. <laughs> And uh, went and seen him two days apart. I saw him the day before Thanksgiving and the day after Thanksgiving.
1: <laughs> the only time I've seen a zombie, a Rob Zombie concert, uh, was because I ended up getting brought in because he was wor- he had Corn as one of the acts. Mm-hmm. Corn was the opening act, and they had this freak on a leash and all that. They had the cage behind you, and they had the the girls in the leather that were reaching through the cage trying to grab him. Mm-hmm. I was one of the girls reaching through the trays trying to grab him. So we were in the back staging, on stage for corn, the entire thing of corn, And then we got to kind of listen to and from the sidelines see Zombie, but not actually be in the audience. And I really wanted to be in the I'm like, can I just go out there? For it? Like, no, no, you can't. I've, but I've, he came back and he shook everyone's hand and went through and went to his green room, so. Yeah,
0: it, it's – uh, but –
1: it was good. It was still a good concert, even from like doing this number <laughs> High, around a curtain. You know?
0: I've, uh, I've been legitimately guardrail my chest, the, 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 the security guys rob zombie. It was like, you know, nice. <laughs> um, and then I've seen his little brother like 10 times too. So I've seen Power Man 5,000, uh, like at least 10 times, uh, uh. But yeah, yeah, it's it's weird going to concerts now and everybody's just kind of now um
1: <laughs> where's the pits? I, well, I, I tell my son all these stories about pits and there's none around here and I'd love to just take him to one and just throw him in
0: the the, the because the problem, I
1: think he'd have a blast.
0: The problem is is that so many have had to get away from it because of the insurance reasons. And
1: uh There's some underground places, but none of the big oh, yeah. venues have been in.
0: No. The House well, of Blues
1: used to be great for that.
0: Well, this this is going to be one of the bad ones. Um, first time I ever got to see Pantera was them opening for Skid Row. In oh, Dayton, God. I <laughs> lunch. Wow. and I ended up on the stage. This is 92. I had just gra- – this is my prom night. I skipped out on prom to go see Pantera and Skid Row. So <laughs> – I get up on stage, I'm running around and like Phil grabs me and like puts me in a headlock and he's singing and I'm like, and I see security coming from both sides, like to just destroy (laughs) me. And then I think about it because jump 20 years later, I was supposed to be at the uh, Alrosa in Columbus to see Damage Plan when Dimebag got shot. Oh, the only reason we weren't there was we couldn't get a babysitter for that night. And that's the only reason we were supposed to have been there. And everything
1: happens for a reason. Yeah.
0: And I think back that I was on stage with Pantera and just security just would either kick you out or they throw you off stage. And now you can't do that because now everybody's paranoid that somebody's got a gun. That somebody's getting up on stage, going to kill them or whatever. And I'm like, Yeah,
1: it's gotten mad.
0: I wouldn't even attempt that now. And it's like, <laughs> but yeah, it's. it's...
1: Uh, some of it's insurance too. Cause like mm-hmm. the last time I did go to a show, there was a pit, it was uh Slayer came here and they did the rain and blood tour again. And they came to the house of blues and uh, I I got free tickets cause I knew one of the managers there at the time. You know, we'd worked together at the Coliseum cause I used to be a gaffer when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I've done lighting and Another stuff. Another thing. <laughs> I was 17. That one doesn't count. That doesn't count. But uh, so I'm at this concert with some friends and he saw me and recognized me. He goes, Dawn, I need your help. I said, what? He goes, I'm about to jump in this pit. You better speak quick because people are surfing to the stage and we don't have a female security. And men can't grab girls anymore, according to the insurance. Mm -hmm. So I ended up going, so my last time I got to go to a pit, I only got to pit for, like, the opening act, and then I had to, like, turn around. I got a free concert shirt, so, you know. But I ended up working. I got a paycheck in the end because they ended up putting me on staff, and I had to go on the stage. And I'm like, it's okay. I'm on the stage. I'm still hearing the music. I'm just not hitting anyone, hopefully. And uh, sure enough, a couple girls came up. I was just grab so throw, grab throw. So I,
0: I it, got... was,
1: it was insurance. They needed a female.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, Slayer I had um, for like a week afterwards I got kicked in the head so I had like a boot print right here where somebody had got me with a pair of work boots in the pit and (laughs) and I want to say that might have been my wife's uh, senior prom so
1: (laughs) hey it's cathartic you have to admit you you came out with dings and bruises and stuff but at the end you had a good story and Everything was okay for a while.
0: My, 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 by my best friends growing up, he looks at me, he goes, we're at, um, first time I ever got to see anthrax. We're, we're up there. He goes, are you getting in the pit? I'm like, not today. I'm too f- an old man. <laughs> I don't heal like I used to. Cause I actually had a pit at that one. And, uh-huh. but I had just come off of like screwing up my elbow and my knee. So it was like, ah, ah I don't know well, if I need to do this. <laughs>
1: I scared my husband last time I got a lead. There might be a pit in New Orleans. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to go. He said, honey, Orange, we have insurance. It's not that good. He's <laughs> like, don't, don't make me pay extra premiums. Come on. I was like, are we at that age? Really? Are we at that age? Unfortunately, I think we are.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I'm, I'm. this has been fun. And a, it's been a blast talking to you. I greatly appreciate you being on. Um, we'll have to do a part Thank you two you having me and talk more about all the, cause you do so much. We need more time and I legitimately don't have that much time.
2: I'm sorry.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, no, no. This has been a blast. This has been, this has been fun. I, I'm not gonna lie. This has been a great time. Um, and, uh, next time I go through to new Orleans, I'm going to be like, you're gonna get a message. I'm like,
1: how far away are you? <laughs> If you hop on I-10, I'm 45 minutes from New Orleans. I'm four, about 50 minutes from Mobile, the other direction. An hour and a half, you hit Pensacola. If you go an hour up, you hit Hattiesburg. An hour and a half, you get Jackson, Mississippi. I'm within six hours of uh, Memphis and Atlanta. You know, it's just, it's all right. It's right. I'm, I'm at the epicenter. Yeah, you're centrally located. Yeah literally smack in the middle if you look at the map of mississippi the bottom of it mm-hmm. and you put a pen right in the middle of the shoreline
2: there you. i'm a go. block from
1: that <laughs> i can walk to the beach right now
2: so.
0: i mean i can walk to my pool in the backyard
1: <laughs> your pool is probably a lot cleaner
0: oh yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs>
1: <In> mississippi <laughs> I love some things about the state. The the cleanliness of the water is not on that list. Well,
0: I, I don't live too far from a lake. It's, it was a really nice lake, but it got so bad that it was unusable for like a decade. they they had to go through and basically do these like trawl things that would suck all the water up and clean it yeah. and kick it out the back. For like a decade before, now it's clean. Now it's nice. You can go up there and go swimming in it. Used to be, if you'd went ten years ago and went try to go swim up there, you would get sick. Like guarantee, you'd get sick. Not not if you would, it you would. And now that's clean, and it's weird because people are like, "Where are you going, St. Mary's?" It's like, no, it's clean. I've been we,
1: there. <laughs> we don't have a lake like that. We have the Mississippi River. No, <laughs> I would not recommend swimming in that.
0: No. No, no, the Mississippi River has been dirty forever.
1: <laughs> well, now, thanks to the factories, you have Cancer Alley just a little bit north of New Orleans. It's called that for a reason the contaminants in the water and it gets in the water table.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And our water table is only about a foot underground. Oh, yeah. If you sho- Yeah, if you stick a shovel in my backyard, you're going to hit water.
0: <sighs> I couldn't live down there.
1: What's up, right? Yeah. So if you know anyone who wants a house, <laughs> uh, it's been in five movies. <laughs> it's been five. It's very haunted. Yeah, you know, we got discovered.
0: Uh, although I know probably two people that I go, hey, how would you like to buy a haunted house in Mississippi? And they'd be like, Where? I'm like, so I will send them to you.
1: <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> if if it would have been a haunted house in New Orleans, my wife would be like, we could use a second house. No, we can't. We don't need a second house. Hey, in the
1: 1920s, you know, from 1890 to 1920s, this was considered the the what they called a sleeper community of New Orleans. So you know, it's kind of part of New Orleans <laughs> vicariously.
0: Yeah. Well, it's like we're listening as the Dayton area. We're we're 30, 40 minutes away. I don't know why they think that we're in a Dayton area. Oh, I definitely
1: got to check out your shop now that I know you have a shop. Yeah. um, I got to come up and see it one day.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's always a wreck because I'm always buying stuff and selling. So my, I'm always got stuff setting everywhere, but um, go on my Facebook page or or the, I'm always putting stuff up for sale and you can see pictures, I guess, kind of this, this, this is what happens when you own a store. This is what your, my, my house looks like downstairs if, if I turn the camera that way, there's a ginormous stack of comic boxes. That's not even... like right. my living room. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have a storage room with 200 boxes in it. And then I probably have another 100 here at the house. So, and then all my media, I have vinyl, I have DVDs and laser, or I have laser discs. I even have I have a few of those.
1: I even have CEDs. Oh. But do you have a wax cylinder?
0: No. I did. I
1: have
0: one? I, I did. Um, I did for a while. And uh I to be honest, I, I didn't have space for it, so I sold it when I moved. So
1: Yeah, I've got thousands of records because I used to DJ and I mean all kinds of stuff. My family. <laughs> Here's the problem. I'm a bibliophile. Okay. Mm-hmm. So everyone in my family, and I got a big family, goes, Oh, she'll want it. So I've got books and records. I've got boxes, shoe boxes of cassettes. I've got A-tracks. Okay. <laughs> comic books, etc. Because my father collected comic books. His father collected comic books. My grandfather on the other side collected comic books.
2: Damn.
1: So I've got. When they were reading Captain America as a promotion on the, you know, the big records they sent to the Navy ships. Mm -hmm. I had an uncle that was the person who played the records on the ship during World War II. So when they put those Captain America, when they were reading it out for the troops, Mm -hmm. the stories and the flashboard and all that, I got the records. Wow. Because when they decommissioned the ship, he went in and he's like, those are mine. And he passed away and his kids were like, what are we gonna do with this? We don't even have a player for it. I'm like, "Um, yeah, I'm the person. take okay, it.
2: That, that so happens a lot. I
1: sympathize, I completely sympathize.
2: But my my comic my... book
1: shop went out of business here and uh, the owner was like, I'm just gonna throw it in the dumpster. I'm like, no, you're not. Cause he was so burned out and mad. I was like, no, you're not. The van's right there. Just just open the door, unlock. unlocked. We got this. <laughs> I still haven't dug through the magic cards. I'm going to. But I haven't yet. He was just mad. He was like, "Just take it away, okay? I got I, this. I just came in to, you know, buy the new uh, Joseph Lenzer, But you know, if you insist, I, I got this. You
0: know, yeah, it's thinking of Joe Joseph, freaking phenomenal artist. The guy's insane. Yeah, um,
1: yeah, his yeah, art's all over this room. If I if I pan this, I'm in my bedroom. If you I pan this, you're gonna see Lenzer art all over the place
0: my, my wife has a dawn tattoo on her leg um we have uh some other i don't have any Linsner original artwork i have some prints and some posters i have some signed posters yeah. um but now i have original artwork of dawn but not by Linsner. so that's <laughs> what it is but yeah i
1: collect it i collect it you see the thing is dawn diverger is my stage name it started off with my stage name when i was dancing it became my stage name for acting and everything else nobody can pronounce my real name so i had to pick something and i had just started collecting dawn, Ver- dawn the comic book and i was trying to figure out something the dj kept saying you got to come up with a better name you got to come up with a better name and i was like okay dawn and then i had a uh I took the diverger from an old family member, so that's how my stage name came about. Because nobody was going to listen to somebody, come to see somebody named Yoshka. <laughs> it sounds like a head cold. A <laughs> well, dawn diverger, it has a ring to it. Yoshka, yeah. <laughs> rena, Sounds like I am in Russia with a head cold, and I just ate borscht. So...
0: <laughs> well. My, my wife is in my mother in law. My mother in law is Polish. My wife's half Polish, and I I know some. Of
1: them. <laughs> you know this feeling. You know yeah. this drill.
0: Oh, man!
1: That's why I have so many relatives in Ohio. So many Hungarians settled there around the turn of century.
0: Well, at least you weren't one of the ones is like pick Cheyenne or Cherokee or uh
1: <laughs> or any car name.
0: Yeah, Porsche or Mercedes.
1: Bentley, I worked with a Bentley.
0: Bentley, bombshell
1: Bentley. She was a trip. She was a feature.
0: uh, Asia spelled four different ways. Um... Oh
1: yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh, and and toppings like candy, Uh, crystal, cherry. They're everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere.
2: You know, it was funny.
1: I, I got a job at a club in New Orleans, and I was. They were like well, what's your stage name? I said, Dawn. They're like, we already got Dawn. I was like, um, Crystal. They're like, nope, we already got Crystal. I was like, Blue. They were like, we don't have a Blue. Well, I heard that song, I'm Blue, da-da-dee, da, da da one more time. Yeah. Every DJ. I was like, okay, I I, I like that song. Now I don't.
0: We, <laughs> we We have the ongoing joke. No matter when or where I hear it, I go, there's a girl on a pole right now because I, anytime Pour Some Sugar on Me from Def Leppard comes up, uh, there is uh. a girl somewhere in the world on a pole dancing to this song.
1: <laughs> and Journey. And oh. Journey. Every time. And Ooh. down here, Leonard Skinner. Oh, oh
0: my God. Oh, yeah, because... You- Litter Scare has some long songs, so if you're getting a table dance, you want him to play Freebird because that shit's like eight minutes.
1: Uh, (laughs) Oh, no. The one that got me, the guy who was the most inventive and wanted to get his dollar to stretch the furthest, requested in a Gata DeVita.
0: You can cheat because you can get the single version that's only two and a half minutes oh no oh no
1: 27 minutes later
0: wait a minute that'd be like let me get my vinyl copy of uh led zeppelin and play moby dick because that's an
1: entire side of an album (laughs) This shit's like 28 minutes long (laughs) king crimson in the court of the crimson king somebody got me with that one too hey
0: i got to take my son to see king crimson last summer
1: <laughs> They're still playing,
0: yeah. They played in the court of the Crimson King in its entirety.
1: Oh,
0: oh, it was. I awesome.
1: haven't seen them in, oh my god, hello! Oh my god, I'm old. It's been a long time since I saw them. I had never and, seen wow, them. I just realized how long ago that was <laughs> 30 years. It was 30 years ago almost. Oh, court of the, at Crimson the Fox Kings. Theater.
0: Hold on a second, uh, yeah. it's your right here, at vinyl. And, yes and uh that is uh in the year they only put the year on the inside of this one because this is not an original i don't have the original no more
1: but, I have uh, the original huh i have the original my mother gave it to me wow see
0: the worst part about it is is that my my parents who should have grew up on it had never heard of king crimson and I found them because I played d d back in the day. And it fit when you're playing DD. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Kansas. I've discovered Kansas because of a DD group I was in in 1984. I have been gaming since 1984.
0: I started in 1986.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have the original Powder Blue Box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's uh, what I'll be doing tomorrow the... about this time. What? Guess what? I'll be doing tomorrow about this time gaming fifth edition. See, I don't get time. I gotta get my sorcerer out, I gotta flex my sorcerer.
0: I got, I buy all the new books, I buy all these other new role playing
1: games. I never have time to play. <laughs> I, my I, husband makes time that is valued. If I take a gig or something, I have to clear through him first because that might be an important plot twist. <laughs> That's how we met and it's, that's how we stayed, you know, we were gaming buddies. We ended up in a movie together as friends. We ended up kissing in the movie. Now we've been married for 25 years. So, is, so is, blame Cadaver Bay and D and D for that.
2: Did,
0: no, oh, now, no,
1: Sorry. That game was Battletech. My bad.
0: Oh, Battletech. <laughs> now, did you meet before the game or did you start gaming and then met?
1: We met at a bar before the game, and then it came, gaming came up in conversation, and it was a case of, Whoa, wait a minute, what? And he said, oh, you're the unicorn, a girl that knows how to throw dice. What do you know, Cthulhu? And I was like, ah, I, I have a photographer. And he was like, ah, we've been together ever since. See, I got him to move from Boston to Gulfport. So I think I did my job right.
0: Good work. <laughs> My my wife met me because she walked into my comic book store. I was part owner of, not because she was looking for stuff, but because her her one of her best friends was trying to buy a comic book for his girlfriend. And I thought that my, my who's my now wife, was his girlfriend. So I was like checking her out and like, eh. And I went back to my other job because I was only at work, only there for a minute. And my buddy who was at the shop, he was, remember that redhead that was in here? And I was like, yeah. Uh, she was checking you out. I was like, why? She's, you know, with, she, no, 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 no. She she gave her a number. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Because I thought he was screwing with me. And then she picks up the phone and starts talking to me. And I'm like, oh, um, hello. <laughs> and that was 30 years ago.
1: <laughs> I was dating my husband's, one of my husband's best friends. And he talked me into going to visit him in Boston and it did not work out. And I flat out told him, I was like, dude, I just drove. Over twelve hundred miles, and rented an apartment for a month. If you are not hanging out with me, you are finding someone who is. And it was grievous bodily harm impending because I I was I was not going to be bored. He's like, my friend has like a lot in common with you. I know he's at this bar over by the field right now. Let's let's go to the bar. And sure enough, is like we started talking, and then he's like, oh, you know, Rich. I was like. Are you eating? Are you his friend? And he goes, Yeah. And I'm like, Hey, I found him. <laughs> so, and yeah. we did. It. it turned out we had a lot in common. Yeah. And now, you know, See, and I love eating, and he's a chef. So, <laughs> hey, win win.
0: I'm with you there. My wife's is a uh, was a chef or at, 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 at and prep cook and stuff like that at, at a at a decently high end restaurant locally, and. She makes great food. (laughs) I like eating great food.
1: You gotta love that part.
0: Especially when
1: they try to figure out a recipe and you're the guinea pig at ground zero. She,
0: she's the dessert. She was the dessert woman where she used to work. So she'd come up with all these new desserts. So, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm getting fat. Stop making such good food. And,
1: uh, this is one of the reasons I go to the gym on a regular basis. You know, this feeling And,
0: and, uh, now she, she she now she's she's gone past it. She doesn't work in a restaurant anymore. She's uh, in uh, um, she was in healthcare. She's still in healthcare, but now she's a uh, uh, manager at a assisted living facility. And now she doesn't have the time to cook as <laughs> much. And uh, but yeah, she so but no, she still she still brings it. Like she brought it the other day, and she made some really good food. And but my problem is that she gets off at six. She picks. Vents up for me at the shop. She comes home, cooks dinner. Then I come home. Then I eat. Then we spend time together. Then she goes to bed. Then I continue doing whatever I need to do at night. But uh, she like Sundays is usually her day. She cooks. So, but uh, she she really oh my god. Sometimes she makes some food. I'm like, man, I wish I would have discovered this food years ago because my mom was one of the ones that made basic stuff, but she made it good. But Now my wife makes really good stuff. And I'm like, man, I wish i discovered that like a
2: decade ago. That's delicious.
1: (laughs) My husband cooks gaming meals. Our gaming group is the Guinea pigs. So it, it, it works out rather nicely. I think last time it was Greek food. And since he's a chef at a casino and they have theme nights, like not too long ago, he's like, okay honey we're gonna be do- i need these spices could you pick them up for me i'm like these are all vietnamese spices he goes yeah we're gonna have a fall bar at work so i gotta figure this out i'm like oh <laughs> so,
2: <laughs>
0: oh crap so no it, hey it
1: was great talking we did we did we did it again we sidetracked yeah, we, and we got
0: back well, okay, we're, we're gonna do this sometime when we got allotted more time that's not late like some sunday okay. afternoon we're gonna have to do it like a big block and I'll just cut it up and edit it and we can drop it. <laughs> but, uh, thank you, a, a ton. Um, I'll put your, uh, this will probably drop in not next week, week after. Um, I'll put, yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, put all your information here at the end of the episode and, uh, I'll also give you a heads up that that, that when the episode drops and stuff like that. So.
1: Okay. Yeah. And if you need anything from me, don't, don't, be afraid to reach out and say hey send me this or this link or whatever and let me know and i'd be more than i'd love to do this again sometime like i said i'd love to find your shop one day yeah. um uh, but yeah just if can i can i promote this you mind if i talk about it with people yeah yeah
0: feel free yeah that's, is that okay yeah, yeah. yep 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 cool. Yep. awesome so all right well i'm going to say good night before i we start talking some more and uh I will talk to you later. You have a good night and uh, see you next time. I'll talk to you in a couple days or so, but yeah. (laughs) Good night.
1: You have a good night. (laughs)